As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. In this modern age, Perfect. too many people have lost sight of the true meaning of Christmas. Shut up, Ralphie! So now, in the spirit of the original... Me to you! Stop! Tradition. American Christmas. Thanks a lot! MGM presents A Christmas Story. You know how boys are. I uh, gave them a talking to. I, I see that uh, the Bears are playing on Sunday. Oh, yeah, yeah. Zudok's got tickets I wish I had. <laughs> oh, well, he'll freeze his key straw off out there. I slowly began to realize I was not about to be destroyed. The Chicago Bears. <laughs> Terror of the Midway. <laughs> From then on, things were different Chicago between Bears. me and my mother. Well, more like Chicago chipmunks, maybe, but bears never. Here they are, the Adams. Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Merry Christmas, everyone, on this Christmas Eve edition of the Hogue and Johns podcast. Getting after it this morning, Johns, because you know, you and I, we have big big plans later on today. Absolutely. Small plans. Just make it Mil- we'll make it Miller time for nonetheless like probably forty eight yes, hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still Christmas Eve. Still a big night for the kiddos. Feels good. All right, I have uh, two things to report from our last podcast. Okay. Oh, Home Alone Two is winning. Uh, one thing it did a lot of support for Home Alone Two out there. Gotta say, I know I mocked you for somehow having the time to watch all these Christmas movies. Uh, I did my homework over since we did our last podcast. Watch both Home Alones with my son. They're pretty close together. I'm not gonna lie. They're they're both pretty good. It's pretty impressive how Home Alone Two lives up to the hype considering that it's the same exact <laughs> yes. plot. Like yes. it's literally it's the same. A different city. But part of the reason why it works is they sort of actually make fun of that. Like there's the moments at the beginning, like when they wake up and the cl- you know, they miss their alarm again. Like the, the actors kind of like lean into that and almost like make fun of themselves for the fact that the plot's the same. So it's good. Yeah, it's good. You know, I, I do have a beef about you saying that the Chicagoan in me yeah. should appreciate Home Alone one more or something like that. Something in that vein. Um, so Home Alone 1 was actually on the old TV here in the Johns household last night. So, And you know the, the pizza eating scene? Yes. If that's really a Chicago-based movie, that pizza will be cut in a different way. Oh, it wasn't the squares, it was the slices. It was the slices. Yeah. Never okay. think about that. Yeah, but it's still a Chicago movie. They might not have gotten every detail right. John Look, knows the bottom line is you still picked a New York movie over the Chicago <laughs> movie. Okay? <laughs> no, I, I am no, willing to concede no, no. that they're their, closer. Their, their, their lack of recognizing that a bar-cut pizza, a box-cut pizza, is necessary to make it a more Chicago-authentic movie. Okay. 
The other thing I wanted to just quickly point out is the night before that movie you brought up. Yeah. You watch it? Good call. Good call. Great movie. I can't believe I never... Because I'm a bit... Like, those movies are right on my alley. You give me a Seth Rogen movie, I like it. It's really weird that somehow I never... Not only had I never seen that movie, I'd almost never heard of it. I don't know how that one slipped through the cracks. No idea, but I watched it and enjoyed it. So, good call there. It's good. Yeah. Drunken, silly humor with with a deep side to it. And and I love movies that have surprises like random celebrities show up in the middle. I don't want to give them away because it adds to the experience. But yeah, I enjoyed it very much. And Michael Shannon, Michael Shannon's an outstanding actor, and he always plays like that serious cop detective character in every freaking movie uh, or show. He's really good in Waco. If you've ever seen Waco, I, I highly recommend that uh, that miniseries. And then for him to just show up in a movie like that and be like this serious but funny drug dealer character, great call. Um, all right, so there's a little Christmas flavor for you as we start this podcast. Welcome in. Hogan John's with you. Uh, we had so many responses to the Home Alone stuff that I just wanted to touch on it real quick at the start of the podcast. So hopefully everyone's enjoying a safe and merry Christmas Eve, or you may be listening to this on Christmas Day. Whenever you're listening to it, hope everyone's doing well. Stay safe. Make smart decisions, um, but also try to enjoy it as much as you can. I think at this point, you all deserve that, given this this year. And quite frankly, the Bears, I feel like they deserve a nice, easy blowout victory on Sunday, given everything that they've been through against the tanking Jacksonville Jaguars. Knowing the Bears, I don't know if that's going to come. Right? But, no, but it probably won't. It'll probably be a nail-biter. Although at the same time, like the, the surprising thing actually might be that blowout, right? Like a Texans-like blowout. Like, oh, they can do this. Like you're going in expecting the Jaguars to put up a fight. You're going in expecting the Bears to have some periods in the game where they struggle immensely. Yeah. The blowout would be the, the surprise result, I think. The Jaguars are a weird team. They, I mean, obviously they're bad. They've lost they 13 stink. straight games. But they have weeks where they show up. You know, they, they have a bunch of close losses. We referenced before how they almost beat the Vikings in overtime in Minnesota a few weeks back. I think they played the the uh, Titans close in one of their games. I want to say they even played the Steelers close. Anyway, but then they have weeks where they're not even competitive and they get blown out. So it's really kind of hard. Uh, I, I guess that's where, I, as we break this all down in this podcast, I'm probably going to stick more towards what the Bears are doing and the way they're trending and see if they can continue that. I think that's a little bit more relevant as uh, you try to figure this one out. But welcome in. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Uh, and read us. Uh, I got a big column on Matt Nagy coming up today. It may already be up depending on when you are listening to this. Uh, and I encourage you to check that out. Basically on his job security and what the Bears should do there. Really digging into more than just uh, his offense stinks. And now all of a sudden it's better. It's a little bit deeper than that. So check that out. NBCSportsChicago.com. Johns' coverage up on The Athletic. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you go to subscribe, and you should be doing that. Two for you one. You still get still last minute gift yeah. certificates or um, gift certificates. It's like it's that, yeah. Basically yeah. a gift Buy one, give another. Great gift for the sports fan in your life. So if you're scrambling like I normally would be on this day to come up with a last minute gift, there you go. Yeah. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. You don't even have to wait for it to come in the mail. No, Instantaneous. Instantaneous. And thank you to like five listeners who reached out and told me that you can like link your Amazon Prime accounts a certain way. So that I saw that too. Yeah. I appreciate it. Would have been helpful like a week ago, but I still appreciate it. I got a couple text messages calling me out for my money scheme. The cash money scheme. <laughs> Refresh my memory. Where I would take a hundred bucks out. Keep twenty bucks for the Christmas gift for my wife. Oh, paid cash. Yeah, you should get called out for that. Yeah, you don't like my marital advice. That was like young Adam marital advice. <laughs> I have to say, if there's one thing I'm not great at, it's the gift giving. No. I've put a lot of effort in this year. I'll report back on how it goes. Okay, we'll we'll address that on Sunday. All right, let's uh let's talk about this game. We want to talk a little bit about the Jaguars and segue this actually into some draft talk which i like 
you put all this out there. You start this thing. So the latest uh, draft model from The Athletic has the Jaguars now with an 80.5% chance of getting the first overall pick. So sorry, New York Jets. You really, really did not need that win over, who did they beat? The Rams. You didn't yeah. need that win. So now the, the Jaguars are the clear favorites for the number one overall pick. Also of note, the Bears have no chance, according to the Athletics' latest draft model, of being in the top ten. I think that's notable, and I think their odds are only going to, in terms of having the 16th overall pick, which is what they're currently projected to have, that's only going to go up with a win over the Jaguars, and, and yeah. we'll see how it plays out the rest of the year. But the draft is shaking out uh, at least the order of it uh, as the the final weeks come to play here. Yeah, and it's it's complicating the quarterback situation, right? Um, I don't know that this draft has that guy like Jalen Hurts last year where you kind of knew he wasn't going the first round, but you could still look at some certain things and feel pretty good that you know, obviously I liked him, but, you know, we've covered that a million times. It's a small sample size so far. Just because what he's done in a couple games doesn't mean that he's going to be great. But what I'm saying is this year, I don't know, this year's draft class with the quarterback seems to be a little bit more defined in that if you want your guy, it's 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 actually more like Mitch Trubisky's class in 2017 where, like, the guys are going to go in the first round. And after that, I don't know that there's a there's an obvious sleeper and it sure seems like they're going to go we know Trevor's going one most likely Trevor Lawrence and then you know Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. I like I got to say Justin I saw Justin Fields in person Saturday. It's the second time I've seen him in person. I I'm not in love with him. Yeah, I wanted to bring this up. I wanted to ask yeah. you about that because I'm I'm I watched that game. I must have missed a couple plays of that game. I watched it in, in near entirety. He was not impressive whatsoever. I, th- I thought he was actually quite bad. And if Ohio State can't run the ball like they did and needed him to win that game, I think Northwestern's actually going to win that game if Justin Fields had to be the winner. So that was the remarkable thing that I wanted to touch on. So I like because I hate to like just evaluate a guy off one game. That's why the Sun Bowl jokes exist <laughs> that are out there. Hey, Obviously. That evaluation went way past the Sun Bowl, but so much emphasis was put on explaining the Sun Bowl that it became a thing. Um, so, like, I'm not going to – trust me, I'm going to – like, Fields – when Justin Fields came to Evanston last year, he was great. Of course, the Cats were terrible. So, it's like b- balancing him – although, that actually, Northwestern's defense last year, as bad as they were, was not terrible. But it looked – it was a bad day. Anyway, what stood out to me Saturday in that game, Johns, wasn't just how he played. It's what you just touched on. Ryan Day did not trust him late in the game to put the ball in the air. Now, part of it was also they were getting whatever they needed on the ground. Sermon was amazing. I mean, they could not. Well, that offensive line was amazing. Yeah. All right, the offensive line was good, but they like they could not tackle Sermon, and that's a good defense out there. So that's part of it, obviously. But still, like Fields was not playing well. And I'm standing there on the sideline thinking, like, the only way Nor- Northwestern can't stop the run, the only way they're going to get back in this thing is to basically get a pick six or something or pick off Fields, who's been shaky. And Ryan Day said, we're not even let that, you know, we're not going to let, not smart coaching, but we're also talking about a guy who's supposed to get drafted number two overall. Like, I can't imagine Clemson doing that to Trevor Lawrence in a fourth quarter where they're just like, we're not going to let this guy throw the ball. What I remember is the broadcast, like questioning, like why aren't they running the ball more? Why aren't they running the ball more? Like what's it going to take for them to run the ball more because it's working? And then they started running the ball more. This is Ohio State. And they couldn't be stopped. You're right. They took the ball away from Justin Fields. So the reason we bring all this up is, is because you got these four quarterbacks here. And... You look at the draft order, and, and Trevor Lawrence is by far the top guy here. But then after that, it's it's a take your pick. Like I, I like the kid from BYU. I I really like Zach Wilson. Like he'd be next on my list if I'm the Jets. I, I'd be okay with that. Is he Trevor Lawrence? No, but it's Justin Herbert showing this year. It's it's 
you can still get a good guy to play with. You know, evaluating quarterbacks is is somewhat similar to how offenses evolve, and there's always like kind of that next flavor, right? And one thing that I've come around on, uh, especially with Patrick Mahomes, because I was among those that you know that kind of missed on Mahomes. I like Mahomes. But I had a second round grade on him, you know? Like I was, and I even wrote in my evalu- evaluation, you can go back and look at it, and said he reminds me of Brett Favre. Like he does the things he, do- he does, but like how is this going to translate to the NFL playing at Texas Tech? Well, turns out his head coach is now the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, right? Like you got to look ahead. And yeah. that's that's sometimes hard to do. And, and then it's the same thing with Kyler Murray, who now ironically is playing for Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona. When you see these kids that are just doing special things that really cannot be taught, which was all over Mahomes' tape at Texas Tech. You know, those no-look passes. I'll never forget watching one of those games, and he threw the ball left-handed. Yeah. And I was like, what? That's insane. I love that. So anyway, what I'm getting at was with Zach Wilson at BYU. He's got some of that in him. And I know it doesn't always look pretty. He had one throw late in that game the other day I was watching where he just like just completely missed the guy by five yards and that's worrisome because now you start going down the Trubisky you know it's depending on how you like look at it but when I watch Zach Wilson I'm watching this kid and I'm like there's something special in that arm man he's he's doing things that you just can't teach can I run down the the teams currently in front of the Bears in the draft order and tell me quickly if you think they're if drafting the quarterback's on the table. Okay. Want to do it real quick? Okay. So this is the current 2021 projected draft order from The Athletic. Let's give a special shout-out to Ethan Douglas, our numbers guy, and Dane Brugler, our draft analyst. So this is the current projected draft order through all sorts of numbers, right? Number one, Jaguars. Yes. Yes. Quarterback. Two, Jets. Quarterback, yes. Three, Bengals. Let me actually, uh, I don't know, actually, you know what, the Jets, once they fall to two, that's interesting, because, well, it's on the table, right? It's on the table, depending on how much, like, based on what I saw, what I've seen from Justin Fields so far, I I don't know, I might stick with Sam Darnold. I don't know, that one's tough, but it's possible, it's on the table. Number four, Panthers. So Cincinnati was a no. Yes, so now you have... Panthers, uh, yeah, I think they're gonna. I think Carolina's got to go get their quarterback. Okay, five, Falcons. I would draft a quarterback. Yes. Okay. Six, Texans. Which is actually Miami. Yes. The, the Dolphins get yes. that pick, Correct. and that's yes. two of us. So no. Yes. Seven Lions. Yeah, on I, the table, just on the table, like I, seriously I the, consider. I made it. I, I made the case they should draft Tua. Okay. And they didn't. So I feel like they should are. Yes. So I would draft quarterback. So that's five teams in the top seven right now. Yeah. The Bears aren't getting their quarterback. (laughs) Eight. Yeah. Chargers. Right? No. All right. So you still got five teams. No. Yeah. They're good. Eagles at nine. I'm going to say no. No. Because Wentz, between Wentz and Hurts, they're fine. Kent, this one's for you. Ten. Cowboys. Nope. It's not. Nope. Okay. So we're at five. All right. Giants at 11. Yeah, I would draft a court. If one of those guys slipped, I would take All right, so you got six teams. 49ers at 12. On the table, I would say yes. The 49ers are a team I could actually see trading up. Yeah. Like giving something big up to go get one of them. I think Shanahan knows how bad he needs his guy. All right, so that's seven teams. All right. Broncos. You and the Drew Drew Locke bandwagon here? No, I'm not. Okay, so but I I feel like they're gonna stick with him. I mean, okay. we'll, yeah, give him a little more time. Is Vic Fangio safe? All right, we'll stay we'll stay with seven. Fourteen. It's the Vikings. I mean, I think they should, but they're so locked into that Kirk Cousins. I mean, all right, we'll stay with seven. That's okay. Yeah. Fifteen Patriots. Yes. Y- yes. Eight teams now. And then at 16, we got the Raiders. You never know. Although Gruden likes old guys. Aren't the Bears at 16? 
Uh, the current projection has the Raiders at 16, Bears at 17. So is that pro- so that order is not current? That's what they're projecting it to projecting, be. Projecting, yes. Based on the results in the final two weeks. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think the point's been made. Correct. The, 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 it, unless the Bears are going to be willing to give up significant draft capital to move up, they are not going to be getting one of these quarterbacks. Right. It just strengthens the argument for a Trubisky return if the strong play continues over the next couple weeks. That That's... Rip me if you want. No, Look I don't think free agents are, if you want. No, I think yeah. some people are. Some people just want to be done with the guy. No, I know you just it. ruined. Yeah. I know you just ruined everybody's Christmas. I did. That's okay. But, a nice lump of coal in your stockings. You know, take it from Zanzi. That's fine. What? Yeah. But if he plays like this, I think it's more tolerable, acceptable. It's more acceptable. But I'm more. And this is the, the, if you if you. Check out, I'm writing about this right now. If you check out my column on Nagy coming out, like to me, it's like I am not surprised by what's happening now from Mitch's side of it. I'm surprised. Yep. The The surprise is that like the Bears offense has embraced it, like Nagy's embraced it, This that they're actually running this stuff. I'm not surprised that now that they're running it with Mitch, it's working. And I'm also keeping it in perspective. Like we're talking about a guy that over a four-week stretch is about 10th in quarterback efficiency in the NFL, which is great. Like, if you can keep that up over the course of a full season, that's outstanding for Mitch. And I don't even think, I'm not even, I wouldn't even expect it to stay there for a whole season. Because, yes, they played the Texans and the Lions and the Packers' defense isn't great. But I do wonder in this, what they're running now, could he be in the top 15 over the course of a full season? That, I think, is doable. Yeah. yeah. And, but my bigger question is more, is Nagy willing to commit to that? Because if you bring Mitch back, you have to commit to that. And I don't know how that even works with the because you always have to be prepared for Nick Foles to play. Because what if Mitch gets hurt? And then what does the offense look like if you have to put Foles back in there? Like, are you running that same crap that didn't work this season? Or can Nick Foles run what you're running now? I honestly don't know the answer to some of those questions. But that's where when we start talking about Mitch coming back in 2021, I feel like the conversation is more about Nagy. And running this offense. And sticking yes. with... I'm struggling with the criticism of the simplification of, of this because I don't think people realize how much play action is a staple of a lot of offenses across the league. The Titans, the Rams. The Rams are built on, on pairing the run game with the pass game, right? The yeah. Bills, the Browns. Guys like Josh Allen and, and Baker Mayfield who obviously require some form of development some help. Like I, I don't know why I can't continue to, to work for Trubisky. I'm not saying he's going to be a top 10, top 5 quarterback. Maybe he could be a top 11, top 12 guy. Could work for him. Yeah. Robert Mays, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find this right now, but Robert Mays had a good tweet. I know what I you're talking he, about. He yeah. was retweeting some of the um, the numbers I like to tweet every week with the quarterback efficiency numbers. Yeah, I don't know if I can find this right now. but I got it actually because I like this tweet. Want me to bring it up? Nice, yes. Hold on, I gotta get through all my home alone love. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is from Robert Mays, our colleague from the Athletic. He is actually quote tweeting um, Ben Baldwin, another colleague from the Athletic. And yes, it's he, Ben Baldwin's got this chart of quarterback statistics, and it just shows like, there's a lot of guys that are heavy play action here. Um, and here is what Robert Mays is. Um, comments on it is it sure feels like there are two quick routes to successful offense in today's NFL build the entire plane out of your flavor to the Kubiak Shanahan approach or have a transcendent QB talent the second option is kind of hard to replicate yeah so it's it's you have Mahomes you have Aaron Rodgers you know you have those type of guys or you're doing what we see in Minnesota 
what we see in Cleveland. Cleveland, well, yeah, Cleveland, which is basically Minnesota, and then uh, McVeigh in Los Angeles with Goff and Shanahan in the 49ers. And what Tannehill. Basically, what's happening over the last month to simplify this is Matt Nagy has gone from trying to run that second option, transcendent quarterback option, without the transcendent quarterback, and he's switched more to what we're seeing elsewhere, um, which is heavy play action and those types of systems that are that's how you win and, and I th- I think that that conclusion from Robert Mays is like perfect and and basically what we're seeing is Nagy it, accepting that to further strengthen this point Olin Krutz the Bears should be Hall of Fame center uh, quote tweeted Robert Mays's comment who quote tweeted Ben Baldwin's chart so Olin Krutz's comment was the that uh, emoji where it's the finger pointing down mm-hmm. three times with hashtag Bears new look offense. So yeah. verification of what we're all seeing. No, it's a, and it's a pretty much same stuff that Matt Bowen told us here on this podcast last week. So I, I think people get it at this point. My question is, and basically, let me actually see if I can pull this up word for word what I wrote. Everyone is wondering why these changes took so long to make. And the most important question Bears chairman George McCaskey should be asking himself right now is, are these improvements proof that they hired the wrong offensive mind in the first place, or do they serve as evidence that Nagy is capable of adapting his scheme to fit his players, which every good NFL coach needs to be able to do? It's a good question. That's another way of asking, like, what's your plan in 2021, Matt, right? Like, are we going back to what you wanted to do in the first place? Because we're not sure that's the right guy we hired. Or are you having this epiphany that we see when Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels can sign Cam Newton in the middle of a pandemic when their building's not even open and come out firing at the beginning of this? Not firing, but they came out the season. They're basically running a brand new offense. Now, they were limited in talent and teams caught on. Over the course of the season, it didn't really work, but you still saw an adaptation there when they didn't really have a whole lot. And they had basically a quarterback who couldn't throw the ball anymore. And they made what they could work out of it. Like, that's what good coaches do. And I think if Nagy can do that going forward, I believe he's actually the right guy in 2020. Well, he's talked about that. He's talked about that. Adapt. He's used the word adapt. And he has. And it's not to say like certain elements of what he wanted to run originally. Like certain things that worked in 2018 can't still be implemented in 2020 or 2021. There's still concepts that work for Trubisky. I think we've all seen that. We saw it last year a little bit. You can blend the two. Mix it up a bit. So, Well, and the one thing Trubisky, uh, watching the tape, that I need to give him credit for... He's been better on those RPOs. He, I, I still don't think he always makes the right decisions on the zone reads where it's a run. But on these RPOs, when he he's reading kind of a deeper backer to decide whether to hand it off or or make the throw, he's he's improved. He's improved in that, and that's still been a part. You know, it's not like they're running just straight tight formations, play actions, it's still a blend. And you're, and you're still mixing in those RPOs, and, and, yeah. Mitch, has, and Mitch has been better at that. So um, he he deserves some credit for that, at least in the re- recent weeks. So. I did. Uh, I know we're going to take a quick break here, but I did this uh, analysis full of charts and, and whatnot, and I went through some of those RPO numbers that Pro Football Reference is just wonderful to, to, to provide. You know, and, and you're right. Like he needs to. There's room for improvement. I I would argue there's room for improvement with Trubisky when knowing when to tuck the ball and scramble. You know, like be a little bit more decisive, get what you can immediately. That could be the difference between you know an eight yard gain and a twelve yard gain, right? In first downs. But in terms of like RPO runs this year, like Trubisky has six. Nick Foles had zero. <laughs> it's like, it's it's 
It wasn't even like it's not a run pass option then, is it? It's just like a like, like yeah. there's no option to run for you know, you know what I'm getting at. You know, yeah, just, no, yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. It, it it you know the yeah, it, you've moved on from Nick Foles. Congratulations! I feel oh good. yeah, I, I mean, look, we're, we're ten years Merry from Christmas, now, and we're know. talking about 2020. There's two things that I hope, like I just f- f- forget, and that is this awful pandemic, and the how many weeks we we watched Nick Foles run the offense. <laughs> it just it's kind of like uh, the Mike Glennon era, which is yeah. a good transition. Oh, it's here. coming up. Yeah, right. It got so bad for Nick Foles that she actually forgot that he had good moments, like early on at some points. But yeah, was it the Bucks game when we were talking about how even he, the Saints game he made bit, plays yeah. that Mitch couldn't have done, like when he lobbed the ball over to Patterson, and yeah, there was there was a handful of moments. Uh, oh, good anyway. times. Good times. No. All right, Mike, it's time to start talking about your team. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Because when you're looking for a job, Hogan Johns fans, you want the best experience possible. No questions left to answer and sketchy websites to navigate around. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. And over 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Adam. That's linkedin.com slash Adam to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Okay, John, it's time to get into this matchup against the Jaguars. I was thinking the other day, I have like almost no memory of the Bears playing the Jaguars in 2016 at Soldier Field, which was the game where Aurelius Ben caught that ball from Blake Bortles in the final minutes, fell down, got up, and ran for a touchdown. I'm trying to go back. Yeah, it was like... I just can't do it. Um... October of 2016. I think it was in the middle. It was in the middle of the Cubs World Series run. Hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't remember. It. <laughs> I, I, I can't remember it. No, I had the same thing. Like, and I can usually remember most, like at least being at a game or have like some like this. I looked that up because I'm like, I remember in 2012 when they just kicked their ass in Jacksonville and the whole stadium was filled Bears fans. But when they played in 2016 at Soldier Field, like I, I just don't remember it. So that was one of the the Jaguars, one of their three wins that year. Yeah, it was a bad, bad loss for the Bears. Brian Amongst Hoyer many, threw for 302 yards. Well, weren't the Bears three and 13 that year too? Yeah, yeah. Well, that set up for the arrival of Mitch Trubisky, right? This roster: Tracy Porter, Willie Young, Darrell Freeman. Sam Acho, Josh Bellamy, Christian Jones, Jonathan Bullard, Jacoby Glenn, Kevon LeBlanc, Mitch Unrein. Mitch Unrein. Have you seen a picture of him on social media lately? No, why? Guys lost some weight. Really? That that classic um, lineman out of the NFL, weight loss. Oh, yeah. 
All right, let me give you my uh, three questions for this one. Let's do it. Three big questions. Number one, will the Bears reach 30 points for the fourth consecutive game? I'm going to go with no. Do you know the last time that's happened? 1965. Yes, good job. We talked about that earlier. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I'm losing my mind this week. Uh, Yeah, so look. It hasn't happened since the 60s, so I'm just going to go with history on that. They should score 30 points, but I'm going to say they 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 fall short just because of history. History says so. So what Johnson. do you got, like 28, 29, 27? 27, okay. I'm going to say they hit it exactly 30. Okay. Just to tease my score prediction later, I'm going I'm to say they hit it exactly 30. Our listeners now know how many points we are predicting for the for the Bears to <laughs> yes, score in this game. Yes. Question number two: Who would you start? Put your Doug Marone hat on. Yeah. Who would you start, Mike Lennon or Gardner Minshew? I would start the hell out of Mike Lennon. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I would put him in and you not take him out. My water. Yeah. <laughs> I would. I would absolutely make the switch back to Mike Lennon. You. Just for you, the sake of this game, right? You are in. No. Just giving yourself the best chance to get Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Doug Marone's not going to be there. Oh, but come on. He's just taking half the week off. He said, oh, Christmas. Everybody stay home. We're good. He did give everybody off on Christmas. Why do you think they're even talking about Mike Glennon? Gardner Minshew doesn't deserve to be benched right now for Mike Glennon. The fact it's even a conversation tells you that it has to do with tanking. Yeah. yeah. Look, the players don't tank. I Players do not tank. They just don't. You can't tank in the moment on the field. When you're playing, if you don't play 100%, you're going to get hurt or put yourself in position to get hurt. So the players don't tank. That doesn't mean that organizations don't make decisions that might be geared to the future. And starting Doug Marone is not part of that future. Well, probably like Adam not. Gase is not part of that future in, in New York. That's why Adam Gase got his revenge and, and gave the Jaguars the first overall pick. Sure, but I mean... This is different, I know. Yeah. I, that doesn't mean... I I don't know Doug Marone's relationship with Shad Khan. You know, they're going to bring in a new GM and may... I, I don't know that Doug Marone's completely out there. He should be out, probably. He probably will He's be out. He's been there for a bit. But if you're in his position right now and you, you want to stay there, you should probably start Mike Lennon this week. Yeah. We just want to cover the Mike Glennon. Let, let's, truth be told, we want to cover the Mike Glennon chance of a revenge game. But the problem with that thinking is if you're going to go into like Bears doom and gloom and what would be so Bears, losing to Mike Glennon would be oh, very Bears. Yeah. So, so like, I, that almost makes me more worried about the game if Mike Glennon starts. You're not lying. You're lying. <laughs> He's lying, everybody. He's lying. Anyway, <laughs> he's nice try. 2017 was Mike Lennon's year. Good effort. No, it's four games. Anyway, number three. Speaking of motivations, how motivated do you think the Bears will actually look on the field? You have a couple Pro Bowl snubs. Allen Robinson, Roquan Smith plays every defensive play. Playoffs on the horizon. Packers next. How would you... Like, I think they're motivated. Yeah, like, and you. Could, I think sometimes you could see it. Like defensively, I think you'll be able to see it with a, with a pass rush. I would say that beyond just the final score and who wins, the most important thing I'm looking for this week is a dominating performance by the defense. Because if they go through another game, like we'll say against the Lions a few weeks ago, where they really did not play well, they gave up over 400 yards of offense. Last week wasn't great at times. If you can't shut down the Jaguars, if you can't shut down Mike Lennon, you got no chance in hell against Aaron Rodgers next week, assuming Rodgers is playing. So this really should be, honestly, should be like a game like in 2012 when the Bears were in Jacksonville. When I got a ton of takeaways, they they just crushed them. Like that's what this game should look like. I don't know that it will, but specifically on that side of the ball, like the offensive momentum has been great. The defensive momentum's going been going the other direction. Yeah, yeah. And if you can't stop that in Jacksonville, whew, 
I don't know how you're supposed to beat the Packers in Week Seven. I'm glad you got where I was going with this question because I yeah. feel like this this defense has. Um, this should be a game where Khalil Mack looks like Khalil Mack, like almost every other play, where Roquan Smith has double digit tackles, where Eddie Jackson finally gets that interception, where Kyle Fuller gets an interception. This should be a game where Chuck Pagano's unit, where Chuck Pagano himself feels really good and puts forth a dominant effort and just lays waste to a inferior opponent. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I think they'll be motivated. They should be. They should be for a lot of reasons. Like Matt Nagy said earlier in the week, we haven't done anything yet. Like There's no reason to not be motivated. And if they're not, that would be concerning. All right. Bold predictions. Which prediction are you going to almost get this week? Flirt with? Flirt with? I want to call the Eddie Jackson interception, but I'm going to go with the Kyle Fuller interception. Okay. It's been, it's been a bit, right? It's the last one time he had one. I, my original prediction was the Eddie Jackson. That's what I went into thinking I was going to pick again this week, but Kyle Fuller himself has not had an interception in some time. So I'm going to go with Kyle Fuller getting his interception, getting that secondary back on the board and feeling good about itself. I'm going to say that Mitch Trubisky throws for three touchdowns, at least three. And should I start Mitch Trubisky over Russell Wilson this week in my fantasy championship? Because that's like a real thing that's in my head. Seahawks got the Rams, right? Two quarterback league, let me be clear. Jalen Hurts will be starting for me. But Russell's playing the Rams. He only got nine points against the Rams earlier this season. And Mitch is playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. So my bold prediction, let me go even bolder. My bold prediction is that Mitch accounts for four touchdowns. Wait, you said they're scoring 27, so I guess it's, okay, possible. No, it's not because Cairo's not going to miss an extra point. Yeah, you're right. Okay, okay it can so only they score twenty. They score twenty. It can only points. be three. <laughs> yeah, it can only be three. Whatever. It's not the first time our predictions have <laughs> gone against our bold <laughs> predictions. Anyway, then I uh, chicken out. Don't start Mitch and lose my fantasy championship because Mitch Trubisky was on my bench. That would be the most 2020 way to end this year. I think. Okay. Okay. I like it. Okay. Uh, Kyle Fuller's I, last interception. You know when? Uh, no. Week one, Detroit. I was thinking that. I should have said that. Well, so that Pro Bowlers do. And that is a clean pick by Kurt Fuller. All right. So those are bold predictions. 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 30 to 13, Chicago Bears. All right. I don't have as much faith in the defense. I, As much as I said they should be motivated, I think they will be motivated. I just don't. Something missing there. I don't like it. So I'm going to say 27-17. 27-17? Yeah. That would be a cover for both of us. The Bears are, get this, seven and a half point favorites. That seems right. Mm-hmm. But it's also notable because the Jaguars have been like double-digit underdogs. Yeah. A lot it's of true. these weeks, true. and they're not. Touché. It's only good, seven and a half. So good call. It shows you that the trust in the Bears is not fully there. But this is definitely that's pretty much where the spread should be. All right, other games around the league that we need to discuss. Kendall Fuller is best when he's off and can break on the football. Friday, get four straight days of football. This is gonna Love be it. great. So Friday, Christmas Day. After you get done watching Wisconsin beat Michigan State, you can watch, and that's in basketball, let me be clear. Uh, You can watch on Fox and the NFL Network at 3.30. The Vikings head to New Orleans, the site of last year's upset victory over the Saints in the playoffs where Kirk Cousins won a huge game, made some plays. Uh, The Saints, though, are six-and-a-half-point favorites over the Vikings. Saints. Okay. I'm going to take the Vikings. Yeah, but the points are winning. I don't think the Vikings played that bad against the Bears. They didn't. Like, the more I watched that game and, like, looked at it, I I think that was a good win for the Bears on the road against a solid team. Saints are going to score, though. I still, I don't know. I think the Vikings are going to manage to keep up a little bit. So I'll take the Vikings to cover, but Saints win. That ball is intercepted. Kyle Filler. 
Saturday on the NFL Network, noon, Bucks at Lions. Lions are going to be down to their interim, interim head coach as Daryl Bevel's missing this game. I can't even name the guy who's going to be their head coach. Someday. Didn't they just fire their special teams coordinator too? Yeah, because for, he for went rogue. rogue. <laughs> he went rogue and ran a fake punt without telling the coach. <laughs> That'll get you fired. <laughs> you should probably not do that. And, and, and did I read this correctly, that they wanted to retain this special teams coordinator for the next coach? Yeah, he's like good, apparently. <laughs> oh, the Lions are such... They're the Lions. Um, the Lions are the Lions. Buccaneers in a row. <laughs> right, Chase Daniel might play, I think. So, Buccaneers in a row. Yeah, I think I've been guilty of thinking the Lions would cover the last couple weeks, and they have not. So, screw the Lions. Buccaneers win. Big. Golly. Saturday. This is the game Bears fans want to pay attention to. If you're going to watch it, you need to have Amazon Prime or somehow watch this on Twitch. I don't really know how that's all working, to be honest with you. I know that if you have Prime, uh, you can watch it there. It's not on regular television unless you happen to live in San Francisco or Phoenix, where you can watch it on your local broadcast affiliate. Otherwise, this is a internet streaming only game. 330, 49ers at Cardinals. Cardinals favored by five. And the Bears need the 49ers to win this game. Here's my upset pick. 49ers win it with, with C.J. Beathard, I believe, as their quarterback. Wow. And set up a big, big day for the Chicago Bears on Sunday. Think about that. So you think the 49ers are going to do this? I do. So I think there's a chance, because it's divisional opponents, They these guys played in week one. And it was like an upset that the Cardinals beat the 49ers. Obviously, the way seasons played out, the 49ers had just been bad. Like, decimated with injuries, COVID. I don't even know who's the home team in this game. They both play in Arizona now, which is also weird. Have you seen how awful that field looks, by the way, with both teams playing on it? Yeah, it's getting torn up. The game last week, it looked terrible. So... I'm going to say the 49ers cover. I think the Cardinals end up winning. I could see the chance for the upset, though. But I guess I'm not going to be that optimistic. Uh, where, where's our friend Patrick Finley? Sunday, Fox 325, Rams at Seahawks. The Seahawks are a one-point favorite in this game. So if you're one of those Bears fans, like, I, I believe this is right. Correct me if I'm wrong. But if you're one of these Bears fans who want like the Packers to rest everybody in Week 17... You should be rooting for the Seahawks in this one, I believe. No, the no, Seahawks be, need to lose. The Seahawks, the Seahawks need, to lose. need to lose. Okay, so yeah. you need the Rams to win. Correct. Yeah, are you sure about that? Either way. Yeah, the Packers clinched the number one seed with a win and a Seahawks loss. Okay, there it is. That was in the you NFL. You did your homework. That was the NFL email. I opened my email. That's how I, I did not that. open that email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, clinching scenario for the... For the Packers this week. Okay. I love the Rams in this game. So do I. Uh, the Rams have been good bouncing back from losses this year. Jared Goff has been really good bouncing back from losses. And they are going to be so pissed off about what happened last week against the Jets. And meanwhile, like I don't know if you paid attention to the Seahawks. That offense has gone from like high-flying, let Russell cook, to well, like almost like what we were talking about with... Justin Fields earlier in this podcast. Like, they've gone into a shell. They don't let Russell throw. They're running the ball. I think the Rams' defense, like, I don't think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. And if you look at, though, who has the better defense, it's far and away the Rams. Yeah. Yeah. So I like the, especially the Seahawks being favored here. I like the Rams. The Seahawks aren't very good. They're not. Give me the Rams. Look at this scenario we got playing out for the Bears this weekend. Uh, yeah. Well, you, the one you do, you I, have them like, I, I think you have them somehow clinching a playoff spot by Sunday. <laughs> I mean, I don't even think it's possible, but you. <laughs> it's happening somehow, some way. <laughs> Hello? Hey, Coach, how you doing? Hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. Wow, that was a lot of voices. I miss those days, right? 
We could freak out the opponent. That was Matt LaFleur's first conference call with us, I believe, and his uh, first reaction to us. Welcome to the job. Sunday, NBC, this is a good Sunday night game. Titans at Packers. Packers are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I like the Packers winning by a field goal, so I guess the Titans cover. Um, Okay. Yeah, give me the Titans, but the Titans with the points. Packers are going to win this one, though. Two reasons I like the Packers to win and cover. One is their defense plays better at home than on the road. They're at home. The second is Titans secondary, questionable. Aaron Rodgers, not questionable. Very good. There you go. Packers win and cover. Okay. So there you go. I mean, at least from those two last two games, Packers clinched a one seed. You throw in your scenario with the Cardinals losing, and all the Bears would have to do is win in Week 17 against a potentially Aaron Rodgers-less Packers team. I still think in that scenario, though, they play Jordan Love, and it makes it trickier. Tricker? Trickier. Tricker. 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 More tricky? Tricky. Merry Christmas, everybody. (laughs) I can't tell you how excited I am uh, to be back on the grass. Me too, Chuck. Me too. Yeah. All right. um, Good stuff. Should be fun Sunday. Hopefully the Bears don't, you know, ruin your Christmas, cause you stress or anything like that. Read us, NBCSportsChicago.com, that Matt Nagy column. Check it out. johnsy has got plenty of stuff up on The Athletic, TheAthletic.com. You still have time. If you're sitting here and you're like, oh, crap, it's Christmas Eve. Maybe it's even Christmas Day and you still need a gift. Now you're in real trouble. So go to TheAthletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Take advantage of that deal. Buy somebody. Buy yourself a subscription if you need it. Buy, get one for a friend. Or you could just buy two for one and give it to two friends. There you go. How about that? Now you have even more. Now you've doubled your friends. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. You know the whole deal. Please, uh, thank you to everybody who listens. We always love I love the interaction on Twitter and the movies and all that stuff. And people chime in. And it's been fun. We, we love our interactions with our listeners. Uh, we love how much John lies about getting us T-shirts. All that. That's my promise for 2021. They're coming. And that right there is the most the most obvious evidence we have that 2021 will not be any better. Because there's no way you deliver on that promise. Oh, it's on now. We'll see. I'll see you. I'll, even Miller Miller Lite sending us stuff. We love Miller. Miller Lite comes through. You and your five-year promise on T-shirts, not so much. Adam Johns will come through. No. See you soon, Mike. Take that and think about that for a little bit. All right. Merry Christmas, everyone. See ya. More like Chicago chipmunks, maybe, but bears never.